0: so much for tuning into this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. Steam Up the Classroom is a podcast where we talk about education and integrating science, technology, engineering, art, and math into the classroom. I'm Tori Cameron, and I started this podcast in order to learn from the experts of STEAM around me. Each episode, we have a guest from the show from the fields of education, business, nonprofits, or others related to STEAM. My hope for this podcast is to learn something that I can incorporate into my classroom and for you, the listeners, to do so as well. Today on episode four, we have Claire Selden. Claire works from the New South Wales Department of Education in Sydney, Australia, she is, lear- she is a learning design officer and a high school teacher and creates innovative and student-centered learning resources. We became friends after both attending the same Twitter chat, hashtag primary STEM chat, and have been chatting about STEM ever since. She has a passion for gamification and is here today via Skype to tell us all about uh gamification and how it relates to steam. I'm so excited to have Claire on the show. She's such a trooper, woke up bright and early at 6 a.m. so we could record because she's 15 hours ahead. So welcome Claire.
1: Hi Tori. Thank you for having me.
0: This oh, is yeah. really exciting. This is so exciting. I, if you could see me right now I have a giant smile on my face.
1: <laughs> this I don't is know why, so cool. Which is <laughs> oh yeah. <funny. laughs>
0: Um, so this is really awesome that we're able to do this. It's just it's so crazy how the world is huge, but yet we can make it so small because we can Skype together I know, and podcast. Right? Technology it's, is yeah. amazing. Um, so let's let's dive into. Um, well, we met on hashtag Primary STEM chat, and that's a, it's a chat on Twitter that for anyone. That's in my time zone, which is Eastern Standard Time. It's (laughs) bright and early in the morning. Right now it's at 5.30 a.m. And uh, in Australia, it's at a normal time for you guys, like a nice evening time, right? Isn't it like 8.30 or something like that? Yes.
1: Yeah, it is. Although you're talking to someone who gets up early, so staying up till 9.30. (laughs) (laughs) it's like uh, but it's worth it it's a really good chat
0: yeah it's definitely I've joined quite a few chats on Twitter just trying to find some people that have like the same kind of like-mindedness and honestly hashtag primary stem chat is my favorite it's just so good the questions and everything it's just Oh, it makes it, it makes my day so motivating when I get on there and talk to all of you. And I feel like I know you guys by now because it's, um, yeah, some of the I, same I feel people. like that.
1: I don't, most of the people on that chat I haven't met, they're not from, um, you know, some of them are from Western Australia, which is like the equivalent of me being in California and then being in, is Boston on the other side of the country? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like literally the other side of the country. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, Rachel,
0: who runs that. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, shout sh- out to Rachel.
1: <laughs> yeah, shout out to Rachel. She just recently won a an award. I can't remember what it is, but it was some like Australian teaching award. It's, oh, wow. Um, yeah. So like I feel like I'm super lucky that she likes me and gets, yeah. you know, excited when we're on the chat because it's like this is someone who is Recognised
0: Australia wide as an awesome educator. That's awesome. So. Well, I have to. I I'm trying to convince her to come on. Uh, oh well, to the I'll podcast. Sell her. I'll be like, I
1: got up. It wasn't that <laughs> early. It was great. You should totally do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we talk about gamification, I was thinking maybe we could talk about STEM in Australia. Um, what's it look sure. like? Um, is it widely supported? Is it still something that's kind of growing and gaining support? Um, and kind of like Australia versus the US. And we can kind of do a comparison.
1: Okay. Well, um, the Australian government, like a year or two ago, decided that they were going to go big on STEM, mm-hmm. um, which is for those of us who think it should be Steam, is a bit frustrating. Yeah. Because um, Steam, the pro- my biggest issue with STEM over Steam, which you'll remember from the chat we had a few weeks ago, <laughs> where I was banging on and on about it, <laughs> is that the without the art, which I like to think of as liberal arts rather than just like the visual arts discipline, is that. There are a lot of students who, um, I mean, dropping another buzzword here, do not have a growth mindset, mm-hmm. particularly about like science and maths. And so if if a student decides that they're bad at science or bad at maths and they view STEM as something that only the, the smart kids do oh, yeah. or um, because before it came into the mainstream, a lot of schools were running it as a co-curricular activity or an extracurricular. And so there are, I mean, I think that's changing, but there are a lot of students for whom STEM is like a nerdy thing. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you know, I think I'm dumb, which is like 50% of high school students. I know (laughs) primary students aren't that bad, but high school students, you know, low self-esteem, uncertainty about their identity. And so having a subject, like that, like STEM, is you may have lost them. Like they may be in the classroom, they may be participating in their activities, but if the if the the voice in their head is saying, oh, you suck at this," yeah. then that they won't engage in the way. Whereas if it's STEAM and you're asking them to, you know, solve one of those UN problems, and one of the ways you could do that is make a mural or run an ad campaign or something that allows them to use their art talent or their music talent mm-hmm. or their creative writing talent that is still solving a real-world problem yes, um, or,
0: absolutely.
1: you know, you're in your product or your robot or whatever has an element of art or history or something in it then there's something for them to latch on to and go, oh, actually, I can contribute to this project. Oh, actually, that science stuff isn't so hard. That math stuff isn't so hard. Oh, look, I can code a mini robot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's a hook to, to grab them on. So uh, while STEM in Australia is actually quite big now, the state government is pushing it. The federal government is pushing it. Um, we're You know, we're doing... Um, at in my job, we're looking at you know pushing things like that and working with other organisations mm-hmm. like museums and whatever to create all sorts of programs for students. Um, I think until we include the A, um, we won't necessarily have the the pushback.
0: Yeah, like no, we won't, I, I hear sorry, that. not pushback, buy in. We won't yeah. have the buy in from the students. The A makes it so much more widespread. Too. Yeah. And yeah. side Absolutely. note, um, this past summer, uh, one of the super popular shows in the US is called America's Got Talent. And they had a um, a group of dancers that made it all the way to the finals. Um, and when they danced, their clothes lit up. In different types of patterns, different like LED. I think it was LED oh, lights. Awesome. Yeah, and um, the show finished up while school had started, so my kids would come in and say, "Oh, did you see America's Got Talent?" And um, and I said, "Yes." Did you see how cool the, um, the dancers, I, I, should, I should know what their names are, but I can't remember, um, their dan- the dancers, um, the ones with the clothes that lit up, and they are like, yeah, that's one of our favorites. And I said, well, do you know that that is STEAM? And it blew their minds. And I said, we have to code the clothing in order to be able to get it to go with the music. And um, you're involving the music with the dance moves and coding and and all the other um, pieces of engineering that you need to involve. You need to time it so you're using math. And, And so I went on a little, like... (laughs) <laughs> good good natured rant and and told them and they're like oh wow we had no idea so it, there's a lot of things out there that um kids just don't realize how how much you know you can use steam in the real world and mm. it's it's nice to hear that australia is definitely on board with pushing the initiatives Oh, yes. it's well, um called with, with Light STEM, Balance STEM
1: anyway, if not Steam. But there are a bunch of us who are like Steam. Yeah,
0: Steam. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um the group from America's Got Talent, they are called Light Balance. So for anyone oh, listening, oh. you can look them up and see how cool they are. Um, yeah. So the the US is kind of in the same um the same boat. There is a push to have more STEM, and I feel like it's a small little push right now. The government. Um, like the states-wise, um, they're they're pushing it. A little bit. Um, there's little uh, organizations that have come out of it, like the Massachusetts has the Southeastern Massachusetts STEM Network, which is part of the Massachusetts STEM Network, which is one of the states in the U.S. And um, and so they're trying to push more STEM that way, and um, just trying to get it more into the classrooms. But I'm finding that a lot of schools want to incorporate it, but they just don't know how to or how to begin. So that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast to kind of spread the word that there's a lot out there. You just, you know, have to pick what you want to do and go for it. So this is really cool that we're talking about gamification today because I hadn't really heard of gamification until I started chatting with you, and (laughs) um, and then I realized oh this is something that I also use. I just had never realized that there was a name for it. So would you like to uh, introduce what gamification is and um, like who can use it? Um, Just you know anything that you really want to say to introduce sure gamification
1: well so gamification um it started i think as a marketing thing and then in, around 2011 there was all this hype about using it in education and then people were like "Eh," it was one <laughs> of you know like how s- people get a fad and they get super over excited about something and oversell it and then people are like this is difficult and doesn't make sense and it's stupid and so people stop talking about it and i'm sort of on a one-man crusade to bring it back. It's not fair because there are heaps of teachers out there doing really awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, it's There's not a push for it in the way STEM is, where, the, where governments have, have bought on board. Uh, but companies are increasingly. Microsoft realised with Minecraft and Minecraft EDU that they had this amazing environment that kids had already had the skills to use and were, already had buy-in on where they could, add a huge amount of educational content for Steam in particular. Um, So, you know, making models, but also because they have those red bricks that you can code. Anyway, Mm -hmm. sorry, coming back. So gamification (laughs) is, in a nutshell, the um, adding elements of game design, good game design, not bad game design, (laughs) to learning activities. Okay, And you can do this. So a really, really big example, and this wonderful guy, um I know on Twitter. Um he's at Pete underscore Van underscore W. I don't actually know what his real name is because we haven't <laughs> met him in real life. He is a high school science teacher in Sydney as well. And what he has done is made every single science class that he teaches from the little year sevens all the way up to year twelve, um, which is your sort of high school seniors. Mm-hmm. Um and he's made them into every class is a role-playing game. And what's happened is that they're pretending that they're all being sent on a mission to Mars because Earth has been destroyed by climate change. Oh. And their job, each class, has to work on a different aspect of making Mars habitable for humans. So each, and he's, it's all completely linked to the curriculum, what the government says we have to teach, but instead of doing it, Um, on earth it's technically set on mars but you know you have to learn about how it works on earth to then create a system for doing it on mars
0: yeah
1: so um it's very clever um and so he's got a story each the kids are split into mini groups um and they're uh they've each got a character so they might be a scientist or an engineer or um a captain or whatever and then they they have a series of tasks they have to complete to earn points Sounds um, awesome! i oh, so awesome um and he does he does flipped learning so their homework is to go and watch the video and and do the sort of more basic um content stuff and then when they're in the classroom they're working within their teams on these group activities and the final project is normally to you know design and present the water purification system that they need or a shelter or whatever that's so Um, awesome
0: oh i would have loved that i I know right
1: it's like for me as a student that would have been my ideal. but that's there's a huge amount of work he's he does it with another teacher whose name is John. I can't remember John's the rest. John's Twitter handle, and so and they've been doing it over years and years. So they've built up the levels of complexity. Yeah. Um, but most teachers gamify, use gamification in their classroom on a daily basis. Like you said, they just don't call it that. Mm-hmm. So teachers use board games and card games and dice games and ball games to teach kids things. Um, And on a very basic level, they use rewards, extrinsic rewards like gold stars or stickers or whatever. Um, So I think what I'm – on the one hand, I want teachers to understand that they already do this. On the other hand, I'm trying to sort of maybe codify the system a little bit. So that for teachers who want to do it a bit more purposefully, there's a a way of doing it. Um, And and I would suggest you start small. It's kind of like STEAM. You don't want to start huge. So you want to start by maybe gamifying some activities in the classroom. And then once the kids are cool with that and you're cool with that, then you might want to try gamifying a whole unit of work. Mm-hmm. So you might do in a primary classroom, let's say you did you know three weeks on um, uh, what might you do? Um, let's pick something. so let's say um, cl- colonization, American okay. history or something. Sure uh, we've col- we do colonization in Australia as well. so um, and then you instead of doing worksheets, watching a video, you know maybe writing a story you would set it up as a game so you give give the kids characters have a bit of a story and then embed all the learning in sort of them going on a journey and um giving them you know letting them make choices about what happens and then you know saying oh well you get here and there's some berries do you want to eat them and then they eat them and then it's like well oh you're really really sick what are you going to do now um asking them to design the shelters they might build um you know like you can but you're just doing it for that one unit you're not trying to do it for everything Mm -hmm. Um, and the best the thing that I suggest that really works with any kind of gamification big or small if you're not confident about it you tell the kids that the game is in beta and most of them who Mm -hmm. play video games will understand that means it's a you're in testing and you're letting the students play the game early but part of the bonus they get for playing the game early is that they have to report bugs to you (laughs) (laughs) so so when a gaming company releases a game in beta, they normally let a select group of people play it, but right. there'll be problems and you're one of the the, the right, the responsibility you have for, in, for the right to play the game is that you have to tell them when I went through this door instead of the thing happening, I fell into a hole and my character died, mm-hmm. <laughs> for example. Right, right, right. Um, so as a teacher... That can be hard. Teachers don't like giving control to their students. Yeah. Um, but part of STEAM projects, part of gamification, part of 21st century student-focused learning is giving back control to the students, yes. letting them make choices, letting them uh, take risks and make mess mm-hmm. and fail and – and you being okay to take risks and fail and say to them, "Oh, this did not work how it was supposed <laughs> to. Um, this this was a boring, boring lesson. I'm so sorry, guys." Let <laughs> you know, and then you can have a brainstorm. How can yeah. we make this better? Think about next year's class. How, what would they like to do if we did this again? Yeah, um, they're a minefield. Uh, not a minefield. They're a, a gold mine. Of, of awesome ideas they are um so yeah that mm, that went that covered what is gamification and who can use gamification yeah. i mean that really everyone does already to be a teacher in a sense you you know you're an you're an actor you're a performer you're standing up there you're presenting this space and these ideas and we all gamify to some mm-hmm. extent or other even if we don't call it that but this is about doing it my goal is to get more teachers to do it a bit more purposefully
0: yeah. um,
1: and and hopefully build their skills to the point where they're doing it a little bit more big scale so you know maybe some units of work and or if you're if you really get into it, you can you can do your whole classroom, especially in primary. Have you
0: heard of um,
1: teach like a pirate?
0: I have heard of it, but I'm not super well versed on it. It was actually well, there was actually someone that did it um, did a presentation at the conference that I was at a couple of days ago, MassQ, um, which basically right. is this giant um, conference in Massachusetts for tech ed. Um, but someone was talking about it, and so I had heard about it, but I um, I don't know too much about it. Well,
1: I don't know heaps about it um, because I am too cheap to buy the book, (laughs) (laughs) which is terrible. But Mm -hmm. my understanding is that he's basically gamified his whole classroom by turning it into a pirate ship. That's awesome. And so everything they learn is linked in some way to their their pirate ship. That's cool. I know. So awesome. Yeah. Like most, most little kids love pirates. I mean, let's be fair. Most humans love pirates. Oh yeah.
0: Cause pirates are cool. But um, Except when you, you know, know, you know actually like encounter having, a real pirate. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. But, but let's not live in the real world. Tori. That's,
1: that's the whole point of gamification. Oh yes. We, we model and simulate the real world in a, a safe environment. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm yeah, just thinking and-
0: from you talking about this. I'm thinking, oh, geez, a history teacher could gamify so much oh, with yes. just just anything, and that, and it made me think about this museum that we have in Boston, the Boston Tea Party Museum, and basically you, that's you're acting out what it's like to have been involved with the Boston Tea Party, starting when um, the the colonists started realizing that they didn't like what was going on with the king and then all the way up until throw literally throwing off tea off the ship like that's one of the things you get to do so cool and you could really bring that into your classroom and and do elements of um actual boston Party in your own classroom or you know other topics and instead of I don't know, just in science, if you were learning about the water cycle instead of having the kids just read out of the water cycle or create a water cycle in a bag or anything like that. What if they actually pretended that they were the raindrops and they had to like go through it as a game? And God, the possibilities I feel like are super endless and you can like do it for anything. Just have to be like confident in it and just you know right do it in beta and and see what works and what doesn't work and hopefully you have the support of the administration and the other teachers that are um like working with you and stuff but this this sounds like so much fun
1: oh so much fun i mean story so i i sort of in i don't know that i invented because other people have come up with this idea but i had never read anybody else actually doing it so what I did was I sat down and looked at all the games that I love to play because I'm a giant nerd and I play (laughs) video games and card games and board games and role-playing games and whatever and I sat down and looked at all of these games and tried to work out what are the elements of game so what are the things that and they won't be in all games but most games have these things across them Um, and in some ways if you look at it even sport as a game has a lot of these elements Mm -hmm. Um, and those are the things that make us enjoy them and one of the biggest most important thing is story and if you can truly add story as an element of game to something rather than just adding it as a layer over the top so sometimes you'll see things where it's like okay kids here's a story and then we read a bit of the story and then we go away and do an activity well that's (laughs) not that's not no what right. i'm saying is that the stuff is embedded in the story yeah. the problem solving the the but if and if you can do that it is so much more engaging for everybody it's not just about students everybody humans from you know cave people times have loved a story mm-hmm. um and then so some of the other elements are things like choice discovery um chance so just even if all you're doing is adding a roll of a dice to an activity, so that the students aren't certain of the outcome, that mm-hmm. makes it more engaging. Yeah. But the the um, really are uh, the most engaging gamified um, element is story, and so if what, once you add entwine I love that word once you entwine a story into the learning the kids have buy-in they want to know what happens next and then you can add a bit of choice by letting them choose what happens next in the story and see what the consequences are of that choice
0: right which is like um, life in general
1: yeah exactly <laughs> so we're teaching them
0: real life skills
1: <laughs> yeah and i I've, I've noticed i don't know if it's the same in america but in australia we're having a real problem with students being reluctant to make choice
0: they're increasingly afraid yeah. of making mistakes they want the teachers to make the choice for them yeah or just like adults in general yeah yeah we have that too. and,
1: and it, yeah this is a really safe way of helping them practice making choices because they're not choosing they're not they're they're being a character and they're not choosing for themselves they're choosing for the character
0: so you talking about gamification has made me think of the game Oregon Trail and just how you have to make decisions to <laughs> make it and survive and make sure grandma doesn't die from dysentery and oh, all man,
1: that. Loved loved the dysentery. So <laughs> when you're a little kid and yeah, we played it in Australia. I remember it. It's a, such a I mean, you know, like we watched we watched John Wayne movies. We knew all about the the taking the caravans out west and and that kind of stuff and the Oregon Trail. Yeah, it was it was hard. I died a lot.
0: Yeah, I I was, I was horrible good. at the game. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but that's kind of the point in a way, you know.
0: Yeah, it wasn't easy for them, so yeah, they can't make the game easy. But, well, uh,
1: and let's be clear: easy games are not fun. That's true. Um, I I think the fact that it was hard and had dysentery a part of the things that made it engaging to young people.
0: Right. But they not only was it so engaging, though, but they were learning about what it was like to be on the literal trail, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. actually moving out west. And I remember as a kid playing the game and thinking, wait, people actually went through this? Like, this is a real thing? Yeah. And it's just basically, like, if you wanted... To gamify your classroom, this is just an idea that they, you could do Oregon Trail in real life. Just bring it into your yeah. classroom and have yeah, the kids act could. it out. Yeah. Or absolutely. even just use, like, the game as an added bonus or something. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so just to give you an example, um, so we would – if you were playing the actual game – And learning with that, rather than gamification, we would call that game-based learning. Mm -hmm. So um, there are some teachers who don't like gamification and who do like game-based learning, which is more like um, using Minecraft, EDU or Oregon Trail or something and embedding the actual learning within a game whether it's a board oh. game or most of the time it's a computer game yeah and then what you would do is um you would ask the you as the teacher would make a bunch of stuff inside the game so say inside minecraft um and then you would uh ask the students to respond to that inside minecraft in oh, some interesting. way Just that's pretty awesome. It, so, if you were going to use Oregon Trail um, in a sort of game-based learning way, then you would have them play it, and give them a bunch of activities linked to or around that gameplay. Like maybe have them have them play it and then write a journal for each day of the game that they played right what happened to them and how they felt about it you oh. might you know ask you know ask them to record all the numbers and stuff and then you know create a spreadsheet and there's so many different things you could do around the data that's provided within the game itself and that would technically be game based learning because you're not taking something you're not taking an element of game so much as you're playing an actual game that has embedded learning in it and then you're adding extra learning to it
0: oh interesting Um, I'm glad that you clarified yeah well I
1: I am I know a lot more about gamification than game-based learning Mm -hmm. I I Learned most of my stuff about game based learning by blaring on about gamification and having some game based learning. People go, "That's not gamification. That's game based learning." Oh. So then it was like, "Oh, okay, better go find out about that." There's <laughs> some, there are some really great teachers in Australia doing really cool stuff with that. There's a a primary teacher in um, somewhere around Sydney. His name's Lou, uh, not Lou Lee, L E E, um, and he. I met him on Twitter. Great professional learning network. <laughs> um, and he is, he started out just doing some stuff in his classroom with Minecraft, but he's now increasingly delivering all the syllabus outcomes and content within a Minecraft world. Oh, wow. Um, I know, it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, so, it's amazing what people come up with. And I'm always like so impressed and like wanting to bring ideas into my room stuff but like I feel like sometimes I'm overwhelmed by how many amazing ideas are out there and I have to remind myself okay start small and then start build. small yeah because if you try something big at first and you it doesn't succeed you're like oh geez maybe I should have started a little smaller yeah <laughs> I get really no. excited I'm like ooh, ooh, ooh. and I want to start things and and bring them in and have the kids experience them and, and try them and and then I have to remind myself okay if this is the first time doing it Start small, small, build it bigger, yeah. and then see what happens, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. I I read something the other day that I thought was really funny, which is that teachers, at the moment, it seems like teachers are using pedagogies like diets. They try one for six weeks and then they go, oh, that's not working, and they try something else. Oh, I kind of can and see actually, that. So, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, maybe maybe you, you – when you're programming your term you're like okay this term we're going to incorporate aspects of this pedagogy and um you know and here are the the things we're going to try out and again it's that um you know trying to be systematic about it evaluating it say to your kids at the beginning this is what we're going to try and then at the end ask them to give them like a google form to evaluate you yeah anonymous google form and say okay you know, what did you like? What didn't work? How could we make this better? That's a good I mean, idea. Kids love that. They love being asked for their opinion That's and true. treated like their opinion matters, which so often it doesn't. Um, yeah. But, you know.
0: And they're the ones learning, that, so you want them no, to. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's Yeah, you can't force them to learn.
0: <laughs> they have to choose to be engaged. Right. I mean, so just going off of that, I remember, side note, I remember – when I was a senior in high school, I think, and I was talking to someone that had moved on to college and they said, oh, I love college. I finally can choose what I want to learn and how I want to learn it. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> like, like looking back, thinking about that. Oh, that's like kind of a sad statement. If you think yes, about it, is. it, it's sad that you don't feel like you have any control over learning until you're already an adult, basically. Mm. That's that's no fair.
1: Yeah, well, it comes back to that, um, you know, like we ex- – it's little kids. We expect very little of them, but we give them very little. Teenagers – I think, have it worse because we expect a lot of them and still treat them like kids in a whole bunch of different ways I really have a problem with. Um, You can see my Montessori training coming out there (laughs) where I'm like... um, And it's not that they should be allowed to run wild and it's not that they don't need discipline or boundaries. They absolutely do, Um, you know, to keep them safe Mm -hmm. and because parts of their brain haven't developed properly and they can't, you know, they can't make all the decisions and stuff that adults can but they can do a lot more than we give them credit for exactly or that we allow them to do yeah and I think I would argue that gamification is one way of adding that student focused stuff in a way that a teacher and students it's within a set of boundaries that they can both understand like Teachers understand that games have a story embedded, that games generally allow you to explore and make decisions and that sometimes things don't go as they're supposed to. And everyone understands that when you're playing a game, whether it's soccer or, you know, poker or um, Settlers of Catan or um, Monopoly or whatever, that you're you're not going to start brilliant. You actually have to practice and try to get better, um, and sometimes kids these days struggle with that persistence or grit thing. Mm-hmm. Game when you gamify an activity, you actually make it easier for them to persist because they're used to persisting in that realm. Yeah, um, and for teachers, I think it's easier to give ch- students choice and and to let them discover. On their own in a gamified environment, precisely because everyone understands that when you're playing a new game, it's not super linear. It's not step one, do this very small precise thing. Step two, it's you know you you open Zelda, mm-hmm. um, and and you've got you know a stick and an apple. And this huge world to explore. And if you go somewhere that's too difficult, well, then the monsters kill you and you go back to the beginning and work out where you can go where you're not going to die straight away. (laughs) Um, And and we should do that with teaching in some ways. Create environments where we say to the students – Go, explore, work out what you want to learn. And if something's too hard, work out what you need to learn in order to learn that thing and go, you know, yeah. and they will because they're motivated because they think, I see that big shiny treasure chest over there and, okay, I can't defeat the monster to get it right now, but if I go over here and l- train these skills, then I can. And and that, and that then that whole thing is their choice, they're motivated But, you know, in this case, the big shiny thing might be um, some sort of, you know, complicated science experiment or something that they can't do until they've built up their skills. Yeah. But they'll understand that in
0: that, within that game paradox. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. This this all sounds so amazing. And I'm so glad that you reached out to me about gamification and... Just hearing you describe it and like I had I had heard of it a little bit and when you said that you wanted to come on the podcast, I had researched a little bit, but you describing it and being so enthusiastic about it has motivated me to really want to to try it in my own classroom and I'm already thinking, all right, what units are coming up? What can I possibly gamify? Also,
1: well, that's my goal. So that's super, super exciting. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I want to get people... Um, excited. Absolutely. By, by that stuff.
0: Yeah. So, um, and
1: there's so many fabulous resources out there. That's there what I was going to so ask next. Many. Yes.
0: So what if someone wants to um, try to gamify something in their classroom, whether it's a lesson or a unit or whatnot, what, what can they do to, to give themselves the knowledge that they need to, in order to make it successful?
1: Well, so there are heaps and heaps of resources out there. I have a website that I am, currently redesigning um to add more of the elements of game i recently did a twitter chat with um pst chat so hashtag pst chat which is um for pre-service teachers um and and, is that teachers that
0: um are in school to become teachers
1: uh yeah Okay. Or, or first-year teachers, basically. Okay. Um, but it can be for anyone. Um, and I shared a bunch of – basically what I did was I shared the process that I used to gamify individual activities. Um, so I've randomized it. I've made it a bit of a game because <laughs> it makes it more fun. Um, of course. And uh, I, I started out with uh, looking at like a worksheet. So take a worksheet because, man, worksheets suck kids hate them (laughs) they they suck they're easy for teachers to make and there's a million free ones on the internet so we use them more than we should oh yeah um and the idea was you took a you took a worksheet and then you um randomly choose an element of game and randomly choose a tool and then you use those to gamify the worksheet so that's a really really simple easy quite basic way of doing it um i there are hashtag gamification on twitter um has a bunch oh okay so the other thing i did recently that would be really useful is i took over um the so the department of education the part of it that i work in so not the whole thing Mm -hmm. but the learning systems part that i work in has its own twitter handle and they let me take it over for a day to talk about gamification and game-based learning, and then we had a Twitter chat. So if you um, search the hashtag DOE, which is like Department of Education, but DOE gamification, um, then you'll see all the resources and infographics that I shared about the elements of game and what is gamification and stuff like that. And then the chat that we had in the evening linked – it. I linked to – examples of other teachers doing cool stuff. I linked to articles and things that I'd read on it. Um, some of the other people who I invited to chat with me were um, people from Microsoft who run the um, Minecraft EDU stuff in Australia. Oh, wow. Um, the teacher that I was talking about before who did his, um, gamified his whole science class. Um, there's – Um, there's a wonderful primary school teacher in um, Sydney called Beck West. Uh, Her Twitter handle is like at Beck West, something or other. I can't remember the exact, (laughs) I think it might be at at Beck West, 50 something. I can't remember. They can find you.
0: They can find her via Twitter. But
1: she, she does, she's like an assistant principal or something and she does how to videos and she recently did a how to use Dungeons and Dragons to encourage reluctant writers.
0: Oh, um, interesting! My husband like, would be like, so excited about that. He like is constantly telling me how I should bring Dungeons and Dragons and like um, Magic the Gathering like into the classroom.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there we go. It's at Beck West eighty one, um, and so it's like a forty minute video on YouTube, but it is literally step-by-step step how to do it in your classroom cool. as an English lesson. So there is so much cool stuff out there. It's um, I have linked to a bunch of that stuff on my webpage, but um, like I said, the hashtag gamification on Twitter will help you find stuff. Um, the hashtag DOE gamification um there's I think I'm pretty sure we storified my whole that whole day so oh, that all the tweets and I link to a lot of different resources on how to do things um including some stuff on gamifying your whole classroom um so yeah I guess um the other thing you could do is contact me on Twitter and ask
0: me yeah what's your um, Twitter handle
1: so it's uh, at claire selden c-l-a-i-r-e-s-e-l-d-o-n underscore e-d so claire selden underscore e-d
0: um and i will put and, that on my website steamuptheclassroom.com. um and i'll put the i'll put your twitter on there and i'll also put your website link on there too okay so awesome. anyone listening well, I, to the podcast will get all of those links if they go through the website
1: sweet well, through there, they should get access to all these other people's stuff that I've talked about because, uh, you know, I, I, in some ways all I'm doing is taking my passion for gaming and my thoughts on it and then collating as much other stuff as I can find from all these other teachers all over the world. There's some really, really great stuff. Oh, that's right. There's this teacher in... Um, england called tim can't remember his last name um, but his twitter handle is imagine inquiry at imagine inquiry and he has this amazing website that has written units of work uh, like role play units of work for most of the british primary school curriculum wow so yeah so you could take those and they're all free they're all available with the story and the the lesson activities and everything and you just change the content to be a bit less british and a bit more <laughs> american or australian or canadian wherever yeah I mean, yeah trevor mckenzie who's the guy doing inquiry he's canadian i think this is one of the things i love so much about twitter and and like you said right at the beginning you know we're on skype talking to each other that No longer does one teacher need to be innovating on their own in their classroom, Mm -hmm. worried that, you know, maybe I'm not doing it right. We're all trying amazing things literally all over the world. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, so I just try and grab everything awesome I can find and keep it in one place.
0: Yeah. And Um, like, thank the Internet gods that Twitter was invented so that we can (laughs) meet and chat. And um, become our own little network of teachers with, like, interests and everything. Yeah, and and share
1: what didn't work as well as what works. I mean, that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. I think we as teachers need to model to our students that making mistakes is okay and taking risks and trying new things is okay. But teachers are not always you know teachers always want to show you their fabulous finished product and look how amazing this was and they don't show you the 3 years beforehand where they tried stuff and it didn't work right um i so but twitter is better for that because twitter is the teachers are going ah oh, today was a catastrophe like you can if you follow someone on twitter over an extended period of time you see the ups and downs you see the good stuff and the mistakes and yeah and I think you need that if if you're trying something new, you want to know that the people who went before you made lots of mistakes before they achieved
0: what they wanted. Yeah, and this mistakes are how you learn what works and what doesn't work and exactly and it's you know one of the most important parts about creating all this stuff. Mm. So um Claire, this has been absolutely amazing. I have loved having you on the podcast. Is there anything else that you want to add? That you that you're really hoping that we would talk about what we didn't get a chance to before we wrap up um
1: not really I mean okay. I saw that one of the things on our maybe we could talk about this was about getting administration on board
0: oh yeah yeah um, yeah
1: and and so I because I worked in a Montessori school I and it was a small school um, I did not really have that problem if I wanted to do something I pretty much did it Mm -hmm. um but uh I guess my big thing is that if you're doing if you start small in your classroom if you um take lots of pictures and share the cool stuff the kids are doing in the newsletter Mm -hmm. I don't know whether most Australian schools have newsletters that go out to the parents once a week and they, they like to have pictures and stuff and then that looks good, you know. The parents like it. The kids like it. Then if you wanted to start doing something bigger like, say, gamifying your whole classroom, then you've built up this goodwill towards the idea Mm -hmm. by um, essentially marketing um, to to the kids and the parents that your innovations are cool, that the kids are getting a lot out, out of them um which yeah i mean that's one of the other reasons why i wouldn't try and jump in the deep end uh, apart from you and the kids drowning and it not being fabulous <laughs> is that it's much harder to get buy in yeah. if you haven't shown on a small scale how awesome it can be right
0: so starting um, small definitely would be yeah useful but, to but get you the also ad, want to admin show and parents people what you're doing
1: board. you don't st- if you start small but nobody really knows about it within the school community, then, um, it, again, it's harder to get a buy-in. Yeah. One of the other things that, that um, everyone I know who's doing stuff like this, whether it's flipped learning or STEM or gamification, is that once they've got some administration buy-in, they will do an information session for parents. But, again, start small and publicise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> These are awesome ideas, Claire. Thanks. You have a lot of amazing insight. Oh, thank you. I have I have a brain that doesn't really stop. So, <laughs> you have been Fabulous, and I'm so glad that you reached out to me to talk about gamification and just all the amazing things that you're doing at the Department of Ed and just all the ideas that you have. This has been incredible, and I'm so excited for everyone to get to hear this episode, especially for some people that are on the bubble that they really want to make an awesome change or start something new in their classroom and they're looking. For what that could be. And I definitely think that gamification can be used, it sounds like, at really any level, any, any grade that the kids are at, that this can be something that's added into the classroom and have it be so fun, but at the same time, the kid's getting so much out of it and it's thank you it's so great michael it's so great yeah absolutely it's so great to hear all of the ideas that you have because i feel like my brain is running a mile a minute right now trying to think of all the different things that i can include now and i hope that everyone that's listening to this feels the same way and if you guys listening want to reach out to claire claire can you say your um twitter handle just one more time
1: so it's at claire selden underscore ed so c l a i r e s for sam e l
0: d o n underscore ed perfect so reach out to claire on twitter or you can reach out to me which um i am tori cameron and my handle is at steam up the c l S-R-M because I couldn't fit classroom <laughs> into this Twitter handle. Um, and then also I'll have, again, all of the uh, ways to contact you and to check out your website and everything on my website, which is steamuptheclassroom.com. And so anyone that's listening will have all the resources at their fingertips. And also, if you're listening and you're interested in coming on the podcast, uh, Claire reached out to me via Twitter because we had chatted a whole bunch on Twitter about Steam and all the different um, education topics that we love to chat about. If you want to come on and you have something that you want the, the education world to hear, then please reach out to me. I have a form on my website and you can fill it out and I'll get the email and we'll make it happen. So thanks everyone for listening and thank you so much claire for getting up so early in the morning so that we could record so you all the way from australia and me in the u.s near boston this has been so amazing and i feel like i'm gonna be smiling about this for weeks just thinking about how cool it is that we were able to chat and and thank you so much for reaching out my pleasure thank you Tory. yeah thanks so much all right thank you so much for listening everyone